Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Roto experts. To the end zone. It's The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. It's time for a touchdown. We're here to help you win your leagues and win that cash. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the morning. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Rise and shine, fantasy players. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Monday, December 17th. Let's cock a doodle do it. This is Roto Experts in the Morning, right here in the award winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Speeds the Spitting Statistician. And as always, I am overjoyed to be joined by my man, FSWA Hall of Famer, El Rey. Day Fantasia, the king, Scott Angle. Scotty, how we doing as we start to close the book on week 15 and semifinals and look forward, really, to championships and the NFL playoffs? How you feeling, Scotty? We got a feeling the king is taking his teams to the Super Bowl. Ooh. Interesting you would say that, Scotty. In one of my semifinals, I was playing against a very good friend of mine. His team name is More Than a Thielen. And unfortunately, Adam Thielen defecated the matches for him as I look primed to advance against him. But I, I want to start there, Scott. You know, and Mike Blewett and I have been talking about this for the better part of the last three weeks. It seems that when we get close to the end of the regular season, people just want to extrapolate and, like, give teams wins. You know, like, oh, the Chiefs will wind up, you know, 14-2. and two. They're going to win out. Oh, the Rams are going to win out. Oh, the Seahawks are so hot. Of course they'll win out. And all these things that everyone kind of assumed – are just not necessarily the case. There are finely tuned world-class athletes on the other side of things, you know. So when I think about the Kansas City Chiefs, the Los Angeles Rams, the Seattle Seahawks, the Dallas Cowboys, these are all teams that people thought were, like, humming and rolling, and they wound up taking L's over this weekend. Well, the the difference is for the Cowboys, though, is that they were playing another very competitive team that's trying to make sure. the playoffs. Yeah, the whereas, were well. whereas, whereas the other three were expected to like walk over their opponents. Yeah, the Chiefs uh, were facing a playoff team as well in the Chargers. Yeah, but uh, no, I, I think I think more of the examples play to like Seattle and the Rams. Uh, you know, getting beat by teams. And the Steelers the week before getting beat by teams mm-hmm. that people don't expect them to be. I think that uh, that more embellishes your point because 
you know, a lot of these guys are playing for jobs, are playing for pride, and people will look at things on paper and think they work out one way, and they don't always happen that way. You know, with, with Seattle and San Francisco, the 49ers were very stung by how they got blown out by a division rival two weeks ago, and they took it personally, and they came to play. You know, these mm-hmm. these guys just don't give up. Like, average fans look at things from the outside and say, okay, this team's just going to give up. You know, that that's not how it goes. These guys are, are playing for jobs, et cetera. You know, they're playing for certain statistical bonuses. Te- other teams will watch them on film and maybe want to acquire them via trade, via f- free agency. Some of these guys are playing for the future with their franchises. You know, they're, the, the other teams are just going to – they're going to show up in a lot of instances. There are a few instances where a team looks like it's totally given up, but it's it's not always true. Like the 49ers are a young team – that were playing with, with a lot of pride. You know, and then you look at the Eagles last night, and this team still has a shot to make the playoffs. Just because they're not as good as the Rams on paper doesn't mean they can't come in and win the game. So to your point, you know, that's why they have the old cliche on any given Sunday. Yeah, I think it was my man Chris Berman who used to say, that's why they play the games. This is not only done on spreadsheets and stats and win probability because you never know what is actually going to happen between those lines. In my opinion, you know, Scott, we do the read where we talk about you could even bet on reality TV. In my opinion, sports is the true and only real reality TV left. We don't know what is going to happen. And when you want to know the truth, Scotty, in this world of Netflix and Hulu and sitcoms where like you binge watching stuff you know the outcome of all of these things that's the reason why professional sports packages on network tv are still bringing in all the money because it is the only piece of actual live tv that still rates anymore because the the emotion is real and the unknowns are real as well scotty unfortunately it's, it's not scripted it's not professional wrestling Mm-hmm. One of the unknowns as well is who's going to get banged up and who's going to defecate the mattress because of it, right? And so, Scotty, uh, some of these studs that were in fantasy lineups completely did that, either because of underperformances or because of straight-up injury. We mentioned it at the top of the show, you know, coming talking before break, uh, before we started here. Saquon Barkley defecates the mattress. You know, I talked about Adam Thielen as someone who did not help owners, but even worse would be things like, let's say you had Keenan Allen, who gets you a squad douche before leaving with a hip injury on Thursday. Lamar Miller leaves with an ankle. Aaron Jones with a knee. Tyler Boyd with a knee in the first half. You know, um, these kinds of guys. Um, can you talk about the impact of losing a starter in that kind of way? And if there's any other injuries, you know, that really rate for you, I think Keenan Allen, Aaron Jones, Tyler Boyd, Lamar Miller are ones we're going to be watching all week long. Yeah, Lamar Miller was was another one too. Just got three yards and he left the game yesterday, so that was a significant loss. When this happens, it's a very often cost you your fantasy season unless a few other players blow up. If if you had if you had Keenan Allen, hopefully you had Kamai Fairbain as your kicker, you know, something right. like that. You know, where he had nineteen to twenty two points because a lot of those teams eliminated, you know, it's a very hollow, empty feeling, you know, at this point in the fantasy season to say Maybe you finished in first or second place and you got this far and the, the guys that brought you here just really flamed out in, in week 15. You know, it, it it happens very often. It happens every year. But And I think, uh, you know, it was it was certainly widespread in, in, a, lot, in a, lot, a lot of cases this week. Like Juju Smith-Schuster didn't perform up to expectations. And 
Uh, we're talking about on Fantasy Football Rewind, you know, a lot of fantasy – this was like maybe the worst week for fantasy quarterback play, period. And if yeah. you had Andrew Luck yesterday, they, you know, they did absolutely awful. Two of his last three games have been really, really bad when he's played like an elite fantasy quarterback for most of the season. Yeah, interesting. You mentioned that. I remember a couple of weeks ago they got shut out by the Jacksonville, <clears throat> excuse me, Jaguars as well. You know, add, add a guy like Zach Ertz to the list, you know, who also I think only had two or three catches, you know, had his lowest fantasy output, I believe, of the entire season on Sunday night in a win for the Philadelphia Eagles. So, um, Scotty, let's start to dive into it. You know, we talked about there were some surprising outcomes, you know, where some of these teams who we expected to roll just didn't necessarily. And also – you know, uh, big-time rivalry games that went interesting ways. You know, when you talk about Green Bay, Chicago, and when you talk about New England, Pittsburgh, and that's where I'd like to start, Scotty. The Pittsburgh Steelers, who everybody thought was just not playing good football, who thought that they were hanging by a thread, started to see the Baltimore Ravens in their rearview mirror as it related to the AFC South. Well, excuse me, the AFC North. Well, at home, they get a big win to get proverbially over the hump of the New England Patriots they get a 17 to 10 win let's talk about this one a little bit Scott I mean Big Ben was fine you know 235 he did turn the ball over a couple of times but Jalen Samuels in place of Le'Veon Bell in place of James Conner in place of Franco Harris and Jerome Bettis as I channel channel my inner Stephen A. Smith actually just put them on his back, Scott. Jalen Samuels, 19 carries, 142 yards, another 30 in the pass game. You got yourself almost 20 points out of Jalen Samuels. Um, he, he came to play and looked good running the ball, Scotty. Yeah, he did, whether it was in the perimeter or whether it was off tackle or whatever. You know, he, he, showed, he showed great burst. Uh, you know, I don't think he's quite as talented as James Conner, but you know, right. he's he fit he fit the system really well uh, last night, and you know, thankful for him because you know this game DFS was like a huge disappointment. I think a lot of people lost a lot of money on uh, uh on this game because it had a projected total of fifty two, yep. and a lot of people there was a lot of recommendations on running mm -hmm. Steelers and Patriots stacks, and it just didn't work out whatsoever. Yeah, uh, count me among that. I, I was on a Patriots Steelers stack myself. I had some of the, I will say this, I did have some, in my, in my Patriots Steelers stack, I did have some of the more productive people from this game. Julian Edelman, for example, who went seven for 90. Um, but you're absolutely right. One of the points I was trying to make going into this game, Scott, was that, you know, the Patriots, if you remember, I said that the Patriots, their formula against Minnesota was to really focus on Thielen and Diggs and force other people in the offense to beat them, right? And I was like, I think Belichick's going to do something similar, try to take AB and try to take Juju away, and would other people be able to beat them? Well, what do you know? James Washington comes up with a big catch, a 32-yard catch, has three for 65. What do you know? Vance McDonald does, in fact, get into the end zone, and Jalen Samuels gets you, gets you about 170-plus scrimmage yards, you know, to this point, and Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster, both four catches, both held under 50 yards. It does seem like the Patriots had special attention to those guys, but Big Ben with guys like Washington, Samuels, Vance McDonald for a touchdown were able to make just enough plays outside of their two stud wide receivers. 
Yeah, that's what a good quarterback does. If the defense takes takes one thing away, uh, you know they go with they go with something else. Uh, you know they they ran the ball very well, so that that certainly helped things. And uh, you know, you know this is a big mental hurdle for the Steelers too, because the Patriots had owned them, and uh, this is just uh, the yeah. fourth win for Ben Roethlisberger against the Patriots in fourteen tries. But now it knocks the Patriots out of that. That first round by, we might actually be talking, uh, you know, them playing a wild card game, and they they've never they they've never they've never advanced to the Super Bowl right. as a wild card. When they get a bye, they go to the Super Bowl. When they don't, they don't. That's pretty much how it goes down for Tom Brady and the Patriots. You know, all those times you say how they like make a permanent residence in the AFC Championship game. Most of the time, they have that one or that two seed right now. As you mentioned, Scotty, with this loss coupled with the Houston Texans win on Saturday, it is the Texans that are sitting there in the second bye. And we'll look at the schedules as we go along through the week. But uh, the Patriots may have lost their footing. And we're talking about some of these six-seed potential teams that we're talking about have potentially the recipe to give the Patriots some trouble. You know, we remember, Scotty, remember like Matt Patricia and the Lions. How did they play? They wanted to keep the ball away from them. They ran it down their throat. We talked about the Tennessee Titans uh, and former, you know, Patriot uh, Bruski. Uh, was it Bruski? No, not Teddy Bruski. Uh, Vrabel, excuse me. Vrabel. And how they played. Right, I got my former Patriots linebackers mixed up. Excuse me. You know, like – and. <laughs> the way that they play, right? And, like, so here's the thing. Who's sitting there potentially in the sixth seed? The Baltimore Ravens, the Tennessee Titans. These are teams that are built in the exact way that the Patriots don't want to see. Or it could be, you know, if it winds up being something like the Colts who get hot, you know, who I think have a recipe to be able to hang with them. Or, for goodness sakes, it could still be the Miami Dolphins who have a W against the New England Patriots. You know, the Patriots might be at home in Foxborough welcoming a team that uh, happens to be a decent matchup for them, Scotty. Yeah, I would think so. I, you know, the way Miami played yesterday, though, I'd be very surprised if they, they make it. Uh, oh, you know, absolutely. The Colts, the Colts could, could be dangerous if they get in. Uh, I think the I don't Ravens think the, could be very interesting against the Patriots. It the could, Ravens but could I just don't think they have enough offensively there to – uh, you know, be a major threat because the Patriots will take away your one weapon and they, uh, they might not have much more than one weapon. So, uh, this is possible. Yeah. Ten- Tennessee, it depends on which Mariota shows up and yeah. if Derrick Henry could. I, I, would, I would say if I was yeah. the Patriots right now, the one team I'd least like to see would probably be the Colts. Yeah, because they can, with, you know, Andrew Luck at the helm and an improving defense, they could maybe hang with them. They we could, shall they see. Could, we got plenty of they time. Could outsco- they could outscore them, and they could yep. also hold them down on defense. <clears throat> we got plenty of time to think through those matchups. Let me ask you something about the Patriots as it relates a little bit shorter term and as it relates to fantasy, Scott. I remember telling you a couple of weeks ago with the return of Rex Burkhead that I was a little bit worried that he would be uniquely qualified to eat into Sony Michelle. And into James White's production. I look at James White, Scott, and he hasn't done much. I mean, only 12 yards in the run game. Yeah, he gets 5 for 25 in the receiving game. But that's not what you're expecting out of him. Sony Michelle gets, you know, 60 yards. Didn't have really the goal line opportunities. But it is Rex Burkhead who is contributing. Three catches, four carries. Scott, I feel like... Um, my original thesis about Rex Burkhead is sort of correct. And what does this mean if the Pats return back to a committee? 
Uh, I think with White, it's just more than Burkhead, too. Like, you know, now they feel that at least going to yesterday, they had Gordon, they had Gronk back. You know, Edelman was in a groove. And, you know, White really doesn't have to be that number one pass catcher anymore than he was. Uh, but I think it's a mistake. You know, I think they should they should use him more than they did because he was such a weapon earlier in the year. And, uh, you know, this offense needs a spark. Uh, you know, maybe that's something the Patriots will consider going into week 16 and 17. Sony Michelle ran very well yesterday when he got the yeah. ball. So, uh, you had know, a couple had of like 15, 20 yard carries called back from penalties. Yeah, he, he, he looked really good. He looked, he looked healthy. So, uh, yeah. I think you can still rely on him as a number two running back for like, for like week 16. Uh, you know, Burkhead, you know, Bur- Burkhead got a little bit of run. But uh, I, I think for a combination of factors, White has really been phased out more than anything. I think, uh, I think Michelle got a goal line carrier too, but he just didn't get in. That is true. That is true. And like I said, he broke off. He did break off a couple of very nice runs going off tackle on the left side that were then called back by penalty. My guy, the stereotype, definitely has a role in the kind of in the back that they kind of want early downs when they want to really be able to run the ball. Scott, I saw a stat going into this game that over the like the last ten years, the two players with the most receiving yards or like the best average receiving yards against the Steelers were Rob Gronkowski. And Josh Gordon. And then Rob Gronkowski goes two for 21. Josh Gordon goes one for 29. They combine for 40 yards in the air. Disappointing effort from those two guys who were probably in fantasy lineups last week. Yeah, the Steelers defense really showed up yesterday. You know, they were they were ball hawking and all, all over the field. Yep. Uh, you know, it wasn't consistent pressure on Brady, but it's like they dropped a lot of guys back into coverage because he just he just couldn't find anybody open and you know Gronk completely disappeared after a big week against Miami which which was a huge disappointment it's uh you know Gronk isn't what he used to be he just he can't get open as much as he he's used old. to be. He's old and he's not his spry partying self. I mean, the man has had three or four back surgeries, Scott. I mean, these things catch up to you over time, right? Look, it's uh much to the delight of people like yourself <laughs> and other patriot haters out there. Uh, it looks like the decline might be starting. You know, we say this and probably next year they'll come back and win 14 games. But, you know, this is still a good team, but they're not looking like a great one anymore. Yeah, and so that means there's some openings in the AFC playoff picture. And when we come back on Roto Experts in the morning, we'll talk about these other AFC contenders and how they arranged the desk chairs and manipulated the seeds. When we come back, it's Roto Experts in the morning. Dane and Scott putting the fun in functional sports radio. Come on right back. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only place to go for 24-7 fantasy sports advice. Once you download the FNTSY Sports Radio app, you'll get the most accurate experts and most entertaining programming in the fantasy sports world. Listen to great shows like Fantasy Football Frenzy. There you go right there, Goon Squad. Game Time Decisions. Good teams win, great teams cover. Fantasy Freestyle. You know what it is. And plenty more. Download the FNTSY Sports Radio app on your iPhone and Android devices now and take the best fantasy sports talk wherever life leads you. Right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Scotty, I got to let people know, you could be at the game. Maybe you just have a gut feeling. 
It doesn't matter. Now you can bet from anywhere, anytime with the all-new MyBookie mobile betting platform. With the MyBookie mobile betting platform, you'll enjoy safety and the convenience of at-home betting when you're on the go. Try it out today. You'll never miss another winning bet. Head on over to MyBookie.ag and open an account with the promo code FNTSY, and MyBookie will match your deposit for up to $1,000. Yeah, that's right, $1,000. That's MyBookie.ag. Enter the promo code FNTSY. Scotty, I got to tell you, I started playing around with the props builder tool over at my bookie, and I absolutely killed it. It is a glorious thing. You know, I just take our some of the takes that we have over on the week, and I apply them. And instead of like with DFS, where I got to nail like, you know, nine or ten people in my lineup to be competitive, here, you know, if I have a hot take on somebody, I just bet it. And uh, for example... You know, we were talking all last week about how the Minnesota Vikings fired their offensive coordinator, and we thought that they would search for some more balance, right, as a result of that. So you know what I thought that meant? I thought that meant Dalvin Cook would have a decent day. And you know what happened? Dalvin Cook had a very nice day, and he went over my prop bet that I set, you know, with 136 rushing yards and two touchdowns. He had a good day for fantasy owners in their playoffs, but he also helped me win a little bit of extra cash over at my book. Yeah, uh, it's what we were talking about. It's what uh, what they needed to do, what they weren't doing under Deep Filippo, yep. is they needed to establish more offensive balance. They have an explosive young running back that they really needed to get more involved. We thought he might get more involved in the passing game, but for the rushing production was just so spectacular, and you saw how explosive he was on that first touchdown run when he just cut it to the corner. Uh, you know, that's you know that's a piece that the offense was really missing, you know, to give them more offensive balance. And uh, this is why people are so excited about Dalvin Cook and why they consider him a disappointment for most of the year. Not only was he injured, but I don't think they were utilizing him properly. Right, and as we heard from people like Dr. Ray a lot, they may have brought him back a few times when he wasn't 100%, and he couldn't maybe show everyone his full, you know, his full potential of being really a dynamic rusher, which we saw yesterday, 19 carries, 136 yards, and two touchdowns. The Minnesota Vikings boat race the Dolphins up 21 nothing in the first quarter. Unfortunately, Scott, this was a game we went heads up on in our picks, remember? I thought Minnesota would bounce back big time. You liked Miami plus, I think it was like eight points, and that did not necessarily happen. Let's talk about the impact on the AFC playoff picture, which is where we started with New England-Pittsburgh. These Dolphins who were, you know, now they're 7-7. Seven and seven. Now they are just slightly on the, hey. Okay. Okay. Let's get it. I don't know what it is. Let's find out. Um, I don't know, but it's good stuff. Um, get me excited. What are you talking about? Uh, maybe it was something only I hear on my headphones. I, I started hearing, you know, all sorts of good jingling and music and stuff. It was big things. I didn't hear anything. Oh, well, that's okay. It was like a big celebration early in the morning, but I digress. The Miami Dolphins, though, okay. what's going on with them now? Because now at 7-7, seven and seven, I think, you know, they got a lot of work to do. They may be one of these, like, AFC pretenders that are not, you know, that kind of are falling by the wayside in the last uh, couple of weeks. Ryan Tannehill goes 11 for 24, only 108 yards. And then, Scott, he was sacked nine times by this Vikings defense, and that's an important detail as well. Maybe the Vikings defense are, uh, you know, starting to come to play. But what I want to ask you about for Miami, Scott, is the injury to Frank Gore. 
Um, out of nowhere, the rookie out of Arizona State, Kalen Balaj, comes in and goes for 12 carries, 123 yards, and a touchdown. 75-yard run including, you know, included in that. My question is about Balaj moving forward. Uh, is he someone you need to have an eye on, on waiver wires, things like that? Or will uh, Kenyon Drake really kind of take the mantle with a week of prep if, in fact, Gore is, uh, you know, has to miss any time? I don't think it's a situation you necessarily want to mess with with one week to go. Right. And uh, them playing against Jacksonville, too. Mm. Uh, you know, if Gore misses some times, Balaj could get the work. But how is he going to play with the defense actually preparing for him, you know, knowing that potentially he might, he might be a starter? You know, maybe the Dolphins made another mistake by not having this kid in the mix all year long. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't know if I could trust it in a fantasy Super Bowl when we, we really haven't seen anything but one run all year long. That said, it'll be interesting to see, like, will it be a timeshare between Drake and Balazs last, uh, next year? And you know, how much is that going to hurt each one? That's an interesting thing. As far as the Dolphins being a pretender, you know, they started 3-0. and And they're, you know, even though they're in the race, you know, they're 4-7 and seven since then. Yeah, we, we talked about this early in the season. Our guy Mike Blewett over on FST was all over this, saying that a lot of the Sharps liked Miami early in the schedule because, you know, when teams come down to South Florida in early September and it's real hot, it's hard for them to kind of perform, you know. And, and, and Miami did, in fact, get some of those wins at home earlier on in the season. Then as the page turns to fall, you know, the re- and, of course, their starting quarterback was also missed about a month in there as well. Uh, maybe the Dolphins are who we thought they were they go to seven and seven um Balazs, though in in uh dynasty leagues scotty you need to go get them right in dynasty leagues i think in dynasty leagues he's probably rostered a lot already okay fair fair enough and also last thing i'll say on this game scotty listen we've been talking about this wide receiver duo you know as like one of the best in the nfl if not the you know the guys in uh, pittsburgh let's say but feeling one of those names, Scotty, that really uh, defecated the mattress for fantasy owners. Two catches for 19 yards. Diggs only four for 49, but he had an early touchdown, which helps his owners uh, survive in advance. Yeah, you know, they, they, the way they were running the ball and playing defense yesterday, uh, Kirk Cousins was able to pick his spots for big plays, but there really wasn't going a lot in the passing game. You know, once every once in a while, hit Aldrick Robinson. But it was just a deal. It was out of the game flow. You thought Diggs might be on his way to a big day, but he still gave you 15 points. You can't complain about it. No, absolutely. That touchdown certainly helped. You cannot complain. Can you dig it? I have some shares of Stefan Diggs. He is helping me, hopefully, as I knock on wood, get to the championship round. Scotty, I talked about the Dolphins because maybe they were one of these AFC wildcard contenders who might see the New England Patriots in wildcard weekend. But I got to tell you something. The other two teams I'm going to bring up, I think, have a better chance of being that sixth seed and playing New England in wildcard weekend. And, Scotty, both of them have defenses that got shutouts yesterday. The first one I'll talk about is a big win for the Indianapolis Colts. They go to 8-6, and six, shutting out the Cowboys 23 to nothing. And Andrew Luck, listen, a pedestrian 192 yards in the air, but it was Marlon Mack in the ground game who rewarded the Colts and fantasy owners. 27 carries, 139 yards, Scotty, and two touchdowns. And more importantly, the Colts' defense shutting down uh, the Cowboys' offense Ezekiel Elliott less than 100 yards Dak Prescott only 206 and turnover well Zeke certainly got his numbers when you consider the passing game but this was uh 
This was the Amari Cooper, Oakland version of Amari Cooper that showed up. And the kind of schemes that that, uh, that Indianapolis plays, just Dak Prescott doesn't seem to do well against them. And, uh, you know, they weren't able to come up with a single point yesterday, which uh, which certainly hurt people. I, we didn't even talk about it at the top. Amari Cooper was another guy that got a lot of people mm. knocked out of their fantasy playoffs. Uh, you know, the bad taste in people's mouths about Amari Cooper uh, was pretty much washed away when he did the last five weeks. But then the Oakland version came back yesterday. And that's to me, that's just a, uh, a, an instance of a good player having a bad game at a bad time. On the, uh, on the other side of the ball, they got Ryan Kelly back in center, made a difference. And uh, Mac looked rejuvenated. This is like how he looked at midseason. And uh, Andrew Luck didn't have a good fantasy game because he just didn't have to throw the ball. Uh, T.Y. Hilton uh, soldiered through it again. You know, he had, he had a decent day but and uh, made a few key catches. But they, the way they were playing defense and the way they were running the ball, there really wasn't room for any other fantasy production. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you, Scott. Add another name to the list of people who were being counted on all season long that did not return value for you in your uh, semifinals. Scotty, you know, we've been talking about Eric Ebron as a huge breakout tight end, someone who you could trust in that top five in a week to week or the top six, let's say. And he didn't do it. One catch for eight yards on three targets, really uh, hurting fantasy owners that really were riding him to get to the playoffs in the first place. Well, we've seen it with Ebron before. A few, yeah, a few weeks ago, he actually got shut out, you know. But this is the thing with fantasy tight ends, you know. E- Ebron has a high, very high ceiling, but then he reminds you that he's got no floor, you know, which which keeps him out of say the top four fantasy tight ends or so when you rank him. But he can have a big week in any given week. He's mm-hmm. he's boom or bust. He's more boom than he is bust. You know, but right. we've been reminded he's bust. But again, you know, this team, they didn't need to throw the ball yesterday. So that was right. game flow with for Eric Ebron more than anything. Yeah, as I started by saying, Andrew Luck only, you know, only less than 200 yards. In other game scripts, we've seen Andrew Luck put up 300 yards and four touchdowns before. And when you know that what's comes back. Yes. You know what's interesting is they, we talked about how some teams take things personal. Uh, you know, two weeks ago. Indianapolis got shut out by Jacksonville, mm-hmm. and uh, they returned the favor. You know, they 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 they, they sort of you know came back, and uh, you know that that's how NFL teams will do it. They'll they'll say, uh, you know, that's not going to happen to us again. And you know, the last two weeks they've they've bounced back. Yep, absolutely. So that's one team that moves to eight and six in the AFC via a shutout that could potentially threaten the Patriots on wild card weekend and what may be a three six matchup. Another team where everything I just said also fits is the Tennessee Titans, Scott. They get a win to go to eight and six. They may be the Patriots opponent on wild card weekend if it plays out that way. And they got a shutout against the New York Giants, seventeen to nothing. Now, Scott, it was an ugly Sunday here in New York. Okay. A lot of rain. I mean, Marcus Mariota, the the winning quarterback in this game, throws for a total of 88 yards. So you want no part of this passing offense. However, it looks like they found something, Scott. It looks like they have found something in terms of giving the ball to Derrick Henry, you know, 30-plus times and understanding that he will wear down the defense. After his incredible effort um, two weeks ago, or last week, he puts up another 170 yards and 
two touchdowns. So what we're talking about now, Scott, is over his last two games, this guy has 400 yards rushing and six rushing touchdowns. Derrick Henry getting hot at the right time for the Titans and for fantasy owners. Yeah, he's got nine touch. He's got uh, he's got nine nine touchdowns in his last six games. Additionally, and uh, you know, it only took fifteen weeks for them to figure it out. Uh, you know, with Derrick Henry, that you know, this is they're, they're what they had called in the NFL. They're called rhythm backs. So when you got to mm-hmm. keep feeding them in order for them, you know, to get into a rhythm, and it seems that way with Derrick Henry. You know, they just they weren't giving him the carries uh, before last week. He had he had only had a like he started out the year with like two eighteen carry games, but then they really scaled back his workload, and I, I think it hurt him. And just two more points on uh, real quick on Dallas Indy. That was the first time the Cowboys got shut out in fifteen years, and it was also the first time uh, since two thousand fifteen they allowed a hundred yard rusher. Okay, well, all right, fantastic. Back on this game, though, with someone who was not a 100-yard rusher was Saquon Barkley. Scotty, 14 carries for 31 yards in a game where, you know, it was nasty weather, it was raining, you know, pouring rain, to be quite honest. You'd think that maybe they would have rode Saquon a little bit in his, uh, you know, what we've seen, but 14 carries, 31 yards, sure. I mean, and then in the passing game, he goes four for 25, but I think – you know, Barkley had something like a streak as a rookie of getting 100 scrimmage yards. He falls well short of that yesterday. Yeah, you expect a huge workload and good production yesterday. But Tennessee just, uh, you know, they, they drew it up well on defense. The weather was awful as, as well. It was it was just a dreary day. You know, the, the Giants looked completely lifeless yesterday and really couldn't establish anything on offense. You know, you really felt the absence of Odell Beckham Jr. yesterday. It's... Uh, you know, the, the Titans were really able to sell out against Barkley, and it worked. They absolutely were. So now we have the Titans at 8-6, and six, the Colts at 8-6. and six. These are teams that are, you know, looking to be wild cards because you know whoever finishes second place, Scotty, in the AFC West is likely going to be the five seed, right? Obviously, it's probably going to be the Chargers, but there's now an outside, more than an outside chance that that could actually be the Chiefs. Imagine that. After the season the Chiefs have had, it is very possible if they just stub their toe that they could wind up being the five seed. So the AFC West is going to have the five seed, I think, locked down. The six seed, we're talking about the Tennessee Titans. We're talking about the Indianapolis Colts. Scotty, another team that could be that's at eight and six is the Baltimore Ravens, who get a win 20-12 to 12 over the Bucks. We heard it is, in fact, Lamar Jackson who will be the starter here. Joe, uh, Joe Flacco was a healthy backup. And listen, they the Ravens did what the Ravens do under Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson did not throw any picks, only 131 yards in the air, but he gets Lamar another 95 on the ground, and Gus Edwards stays hot, 104 yards and a touchdown on the ground. This identity is something that can also work in the playoffs, Scott. They run, 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 and they have one of the top defenses in the league. This could work for Baltimore. Yeah, you know, maybe they could win one game, I think, but I couldn't see him going any deeper than that, and I think a lot of people would agree with that. But uh, with yesterday, Lamar Jackson really doesn't have anything of a ceiling because he's just not that efficient as a passer, but the rushing always gives him a floor. My takeaway from this game was, though, was how well Gus Edwards played uh, when people were really worried about him going into this week. Uh, had a big run to seal the game, had a had a nice touchdown on a, on a you know, on an inside handoff, and Gus Edwards uh, will, can maintain the confidence of fantasy players heading into their league Super Bowls. And you also mentioned the Chiefs. What I find interesting about the Chiefs, like 
possibly slipping to the five seed is, is that, you know, Andy Reid is, he's never had any real playoff success. And, uh, you know, his team has been known to like, you know, when they were in a a position to do really well, they kind of fall apart. And, you know, the Chiefs haven't played too well recently. And, uh, you know, is Andy Reid getting his team ready enough for the playoffs? And you know, it, he had, seems like he had everything sewn up and, like, it's kind of it's kind of out of the palm of their hand right now. You know, how much do you blame the coaching staff with that, you know, not preparing the team properly? Um, I don't know that I put it on the coaching staff. And, I mean, this team is also still, what, like 11-2 and two or 11-3, uh, and three, something like that. So I, I think you're kind of – I'd be a little bit of searching to find out what's actually wrong with them. And, I mean, like their losses were against the Rams team. That's 11-3. and three. Against the Chargers team, that's 11-3. and three. And also remember, Scott, they did lose their Pro Bowl running back a couple of weeks back as well. Yeah, um, but these, so- these guys have filled in well. I mean, you can't say, oh, they lost to good teams – so there's nothing wrong, you know, if but you know, if you're going if you're going to be a contender, if you're going to be a contender, I'm saying if they're falling to the number five seed, you know, there is something wrong, I think. And Scott, when you can't beat the, the Rams in the AFC. When you they're can't the beat the Rams, the you can't beat the Chargers, you know, the, you know, this team is is not as invincible as we thought it was. Yeah, but no one ever said that. You they have were to win those games to be the best. No one ever said they were invincible, Scott. Like, they're 11-3. and three. They're the one seed. They're a very good team. They still are. I know, but you're talking team. about them slipping to the number five spot. So, you know, you start to wonder a little bit. Um, uh, okay, if you say so. I don't wonder that much. But, yes, there are a bunch of teams on their heels. And we talked about some of these potential AFC contenders that are not named the Chiefs or the Patriots. We'll talk about some more when we come back. It's Roto Experts in the morning. Dane and Scott right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I want to let people know, Scotty, also, if you want to be the next DFS legend, go to DailyRoto.com for free this holiday season. That's right, free advice from fantasy pros, free NBA DFS projections, free optimizer access, and free everything else you need to dominate DFS basketball this holiday season. Stuff your stockings with cold, hard cash and get free access to Daily Roto with the promo code DRHOLIDAYS to access your free trial. That is DailyRoto.com. Use the promo code DRHOLIDAYS. You know, Scotty, a couple people probably got bounced out of fantasy football, you know, this weekend and they they need to turn their attention to something else. Playing a little bit of NBA DFS is good stuff, but you can't really do it successfully. Unless you go on over to DailyRoto.com, use the promo code DRHOLIDAYS. Scotty, is that what you do after the football season? That's when you start to get into, like, you know, NBA basketball and start to dig deep in there? Yeah, you know, I'll start playing some uh, daily basketball, pay pay more attention to the NBA, etc., yeah. and uh, start getting ready for baseball, too. 
Fantastic. You were just talking about in our last segment, Scotty, the idea that Lamar Jackson has no ceiling, right, because of the potential of the rushing yards. And, you know, part of me wants to say similar things about Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. The Bills get a win and go to 5-9 and nine on the season. They get a 14-13 win at home against the Detroit Lions. And listen, you look at Josh Allen's passing line, 204 yards and one touchdown, and you're like, eh, that's ho-hum. And he didn't even have a big rushing game, Scotty, only 16 yards but he did have a rushing touchdown to help. We were talking about Josh Allen vis-a-vis guys like Aaron Rodgers last week, and it seems like Josh Allen had a relatively decent game because you consider the rushing potential as well. You know, another seven and a half points from what he got with his legs. Well, he got a touchdown with his legs, but there was nothing yardage-wise. As Jim Day was pointing out on Sunday morning, as said Sunday morning that, you know, the Lions are very good against uh, rushing quarterbacks, but... You know, he was able to, you know, drop another dime to Robert Foster, and he was able to get a rushing touchdown. And, you know, he got 18 points on a day when uh, a lot of quarterbacks didn't get that much. That's right. You know, scoring was depressed around uh, fantasy in a lot of games. Like, most teams were, like, you know, going a little bit under their performance and their projections. Maybe it was a function of the weather. Maybe it was a function of just some good defense popping back. But Josh Allen, that's that's part of why – you know, these quarterbacks, you know, whether it's Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, that's part of why these running backs are good ideas, you know, because even when things go bad, you know, the seven and a half points you got from Josh Allen via his legs, you'll take, you know, the, the nine and a half to 10 points you get from Lamar Jackson via his legs, you'll take. Scotty, on the other side of things, I got to ask you, you know, our main guy, one of our guys we've been talking about all season long, ever since the rest of his team has kind of been eviscerated with injury, you know, no more Marvin Jones, Golden Tate gets traded, Kerryon Johnson is injured. Our guy was kind of like the last guy standing, and he's had a couple of weeks, I would say the last three, that, uh, you know, he did not perform. But, Scotty, get your voice ready. After a seven-catch, 146-yard effort from our guy, maybe the holiday season is all we needed for our guy, Galladay. He comes back and has a great game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's... uh... A lot of people didn't feel good about uh, about him yesterday. In fact, I was talking to Tra- a friend, Tracy Hankin, of Inside Injuries yesterday, yeah. and uh, she said, I have such a bad feeling in my stomach, in the pit of my stomach, about using Galladay again. But that was her best choice. I said, look, you know, the volume at least might be there, and that's a positive compared to who else you have. And, you know, the volume certainly was there in what we thought was a daunting matchup. They only scored 13 points, but he still got – He's still got his numbers. They really don't have anybody else to throw to. Yeah, they're going to be feeding him a ton uh, as we go on for the rest of the season. He's also making great catches at the point of the catch, Scott. He made some really tough grabs yesterday. So big shout-out to our guy, Kenny Galladay, getting back up on the good foot. Scotty, another AFC game to go to here. Uh, we're now talking about, you know, lack not non-contenders, shall we say. But the Cincinnati Bengals get a nice win, 30-16 to against the uh, Oakland Raiders. And you talk about Kenny Galladay as a volume play. I'll tell you, someone else who rewarded people, he was in my DFS lineup as well. And this was a volume play also. Joe Mixon, 27 carries, 129 yards, two touchdowns. He also gets another two catches in the uh, pass game. So the man touched it about 30 times. Joe Mixon returning value for owners. Yeah, he certainly, you know, was a terrific matchup against one of the worst running, right. rushing defenses in the NFL. And, you know, he is the focal point of that offense 
right now. You know, Tyler Boyd also left this game with an injury after scoring his touchdown. And, you know, you, the Raiders knew the offense was going through Mixon, but they, they weren't capable of stopping it. That's a good always fantasy recipe when a defense knows that a guy is going to get the ball and touch it so much, but they're just not capable of stopping him. Yep, it reminds me of my college baseball career, Scotty, where I got the name Speeds. Everyone knew I was stealing a base, and guess what? I did it anyway because they just couldn't stop me. Um, you mentioned Tyler Boyd, Scott. Um, any early, it's a knee, right, for Tyler Boyd? Uh, yeah. And, I mean, if he, if he can't go, then does this just concentrate everything even more to Joe Mixon? Is this maybe a, uh, an opportunity for C.J. Uzuma to come back? Is this a Erickson? Oh, let's what not, would let's please, John let's, Ross? Let's not, let's so not do, do that with C.J. Uzuma. Do? Don't get me right, started so what do we do with if him. Boyd, if Boyd misses time, what do we do here? Even if Boyd was in there, you know, the offense still runs mainly is funneled through him. Is it for C.J. Uzuma, can we just stop now? I mean, what else does it take? You know, I was coming to, coming in, I was saying, I don't want to start the guy. I don't want to rank him high you know, because two touchdowns and no head and broke 55 yards all year. And I heard all this talk around the industry yesterday about how C.J. Ojimov was facing such a good matchup and you had to try it. Now, look, I, under, I understand how you do it in daily because you want to take a chance like that because it would make a difference in a tournament. So I'm not talking about that. But in seasonal, there was to me there was no reason to recommend C.J. Uzuma. And what happened? Great matchup, one catch for 27 yards. It's one thing I always talk about it. If a guy has a good matchup, you know, it's one thing. But can the player take advantage of the matchup? No, C.J. Uzuma is not rosterable and hasn't been for weeks. All right, fair enough. Uh, you mentioned there's other context as well. On the other side of things, I want to go to Jalen Richard. There's no other context. At- the guy is useless. Scott, there's a ton of other context, okay? There's, like you said, for DFS, which was you stated at the very beginning. There's for for, the seasonal, of, for right. seasonal, there's no other context. Right, but that's the thing. Seasonal is only one context, Scott. Like, we got to broaden your horizons a little bit, guys. There's DFS, there's gambling, there's prop bets. You can I make mentioned a prop DFS. Bet. Right, but I'm saying you can make a prop bet on CJ Uzuma how any week you want, and you could set it for any exact what, number. What, over, over, over five yards? You could or under whatever. Yeah. Like, Scott, season long is not the only way to make money and not the only reason that people are listening to the Fantasy Sports. That's radio network. That's, that's just no, – That's not relevant that's to true. what I was saying anyway. I already mentioned DFS. Right, CJ Uzuma is useless. Okay, but Scott – Period. But, Scott, here's what I'm trying to explain to you. Even if a player is useless – there are ways to make money off of him. If you think he's useless, Scott, then what you should have done is gone on the prop bets and the over-unders for stuff and bet under if you think he's useless. There's still I should probably do that every week with money. him, yeah. Then, then yes, and then by definition, Scott, he is not useless because then he is your cash cow to make you money. Well, that's, a, that's an interesting perspective, so let me quali- requalify for my statement. In fantasy football, C.J. Uzum was useless. How's that? Okay, there we go for season yeah. long. That's absolutely right. Thank you very right. much. So let's go to um, – and I want to ask you about Jalen Richard, Scotty, because Jalen Richard only four carries, only nine yards as this kind of pass catching back. But when you add five catches for 67, then it becomes viable in season long and in PPR. So my question is like, you know, if the Raiders we always think are down in games and stuff like that with game flow, is Jalen Richard viable? Uh, he's the kind of guy where nobody wants to put him in their lineup because right. he has no perceived upside. His best games this year have been like 12 or 13 points, and at times 
it seems like he doesn't even have a floor. I mean, the concept is that they play from behind, uh, so he should rack up a lot of catches, but and he gives you a decent floor of like sometimes 9 to 12 points, but the floor wasn't even there in the two previous weeks. It's a, Nobody wants to use Jalen Richard because they can't feel like at best, you know, maybe they'll get 10 points, and if they don't, you know, what are they going to get, the three and the six? They got the two weeks before. The guy never gets in the end zone. Right. So I don't think anybody wants to start Jalen Rashard in uh, in their fantasy championship game. Okay. I mean, there are going to be some people, though, right, who may have, say, for example, been using at their flex or, you know, a guy like Lamar Miller or been using a guy like Aaron Jones as their number two running back, you know, and may have. Uh... Well, I'm, not, I'm not saying he's useless. Okay. It's. Jalen Rashard is the guy that you go to when you're, des- when you're desperate <laughs> and you feel like you can't go anywhere else and you don't want to take a zero right. and you don't want to put you, you don't want to you don't want to put Latavius Murray in your lineup like right. he's to people he's like he's the most tolerable of like the worst picks that you can that you can possibly put in your lineup. Yeah, no, I hear you, you know, but I do want to just let people know that, you know, because of the passing game and because of game script, like when you are in that situation, if you are in that situation, you know, uh, I guess you could do worse. Like you were saying, got Latavius Murray, for example. So, right, you uh, could do worse, but unfortunately, uh, you know, in a lot of cases, you can do better. Yeah. And there's just no upside there. Fair enough. The last AFC team that I want to talk about is certainly not a contender. People thought they were going into the season. The Jags lose another one, Scotty, this time at home against the Washington football team. They lose 16-13, to and this is just disgustingly gross, Scott. Their starting quarterback in an NFL game completes less than 10 passes, throws for 57 yards, Scott. And, you know, <laughs> that's ridiculous. And when you take off the sack yardage that sometimes you do when you calculate their team – through uh, the passing game, 20 yards total. Okay, Kessler was also the team's leading rusher at 68 yards. Add Leonard Fournette to the list of names, Scotty, of people who did not help owners in the fantasy semifinals. Only 46 yards in the ground, another 18 uh, through the air. But you were expecting more than, you know, the, what, like 65 scrimmage yards you got out of Big Leonard? Yeah, this was like an unwatchable game. And really Cody was. Kessler's like an unwatchable quarterback. I remember a few years ago when uh, he had like two or three decent games for the Browns, people started talking him up, and I said, there's nothing to this guy. You know, at best, he's a career backup, and he's really pro- he's proven that maybe he's not even a backup because, you know, he's played that badly to the point where you have to wonder, like, is Blake Bortles a better option? But they've just they've moved on with Blake Bortles, and they'd rather suffer with Kessler, I guess. You know, they, this, this team is just in – they're they're in a very very bad place right now. You know, ever since ever since that Tennessee game, they showed up. They showed up against Indianapolis. At least the defense did, but you know, but the offense is just a horrible mess. Yeah, I think they're just riding out the string because they know they can't go back to Blake. They've made their bed already with that. They're moving on. So in essence, they're going to ride out Cody Kessler for the next two weeks, and then they're going to look to address their quarterback situation in the offseason. I've said it a number of times. I think Joe Flacco would be a very interesting fit there, and you got to figure they're going to use what is a, you know, what will probably be a top 10 draft pick. They're going to be in the quarterback market, both in terms of maybe a veteran to sign and in terms of a kid to draft. This is all the more examples 
Eagles of Scotty, when you get it wrong, drafting what you think is your franchise quarterback in the top five, how it sets them back for years. That is the situation with the Jacksonville Jaguars and Blake Bortles. Let me ask you, though, Scotty, on the Washington side, listen, Josh Johnson gets a win. You know, he gets a win in his first start. So kudos to him. Let me ask you about Adrian Peterson. Are you going to trust him moving forward? I mean, next week, Scott, this, uh, they are at Tennessee, a team that would have has a pretty decent defense. Are you going to start Adrian Peterson? It's like him and nobody else. Is he touchdown dependent, Scott? No, because well, when was the last time he got in the end zone? And uh, the numbers were just awful yesterday. So yeah, Adrian Peterson, you know, 51 yards and how many, like 50 carries? Yesterday he was carries like, for 51 yards. One, another at one point, he... And at one point, he had like 14 carries for like 21 yards or something like that. There's no way I want to use Adrian Peterson in my championship. And if I did use him, I'm not in my championship. Fair enough. You know, and neither are the Jaguars. They fall to four. And it's, 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 it's almost sad to say because, you know, when he had enough more offensive compliments around him, he, he played very well earlier this year and showed he wasn't done. It's really the situation that's bad around him. Yeah, if you remember also the Washington offensive line has been so banged up by injury. I think they've literally lost four of their starters. Is that correct, Scott? Yeah, they've lost that. They lost all their other offensive pieces. So they're really easy to, to defend. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And so, listen, you know, like you said, it's not necessarily Adrian Peterson's fault. He's given it a good effort. And to be quite honest, has had a year that I think has shown that he is, you know, otherworldly, a different kind of human and deserves to be in the Hall of Fame five years after he does, in fact, retire. Scotty, that's a look at most of these AFC teams. I do just want to remind people that there were big-time AFC games not on Sunday as well, right? The Chargers got a huge win on Thursday night over the Chiefs. You know, we're talking about those five seed, that one seed sort of thing. But then also, real briefly, Scott, on Saturday, you know, also the Houston Texans got a huge win over the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 29-22. to They are now in the two seed in the AFC um, in pole position and Scotty they only their two games left are I believe against the Jacksonville Jaguars who are you know we just talked about not really putting up much of a fight these days and the Philadelphia Eagles who while they got a win they have a backup quarterback the Texans are sitting pretty if they win those two games they will have the second seed and a first round bye in the AFC and then the only thing I want to talk about real quickly Scotty that Saturday night game Cleveland gets a win over Denver to go to, you know, I mean, they get a 17-16 win. And don't look now. The Broncos fall to 6-8, and eight, so they're probably out of it. But uh, the Cleveland Browns, Scott, as we head into week 16, the Cleveland Browns will still be on the playoff graphic, I think. How crazy yeah, is that? Yeah, they, they are. You know, that was a big win for them. They had won in Denver in a long time. And this really gives them a lot of hope for the future. You know, Jeremy Mayfield... Had an up and down game. Baker but, Mayfield. Uh, this is not NASCAR. Baker Scotty. Mayfield. Like keep, keep keep doing my NASCAR slip up there. That's all but, right. But uh, ba- Baker Mayfield, and it's funny because Jeremy Mayfield hasn't raced in years too. Uh, <laughs> but Baker Mayfield really stepped up at the point of the game where they needed him, even though the fantasy numbers were certainly not great. I really like this kid. Uh, if I wait on a quarterback next year, I might mm-hmm. be okay with streaming Baker Mayfield with somebody else. Uh, really impresses a rookie how crisp his mechanics are and how much confidence and poise that he has. And uh, Nick Chubb had a 100-yard game. Antonio Gallo- Callaway has, like, really come on since struggling earlier in the season. The defense the defense has played well. Uh, so, But 
Yeah, it was, another guy who like really flamed out when you needed him was Philip Lindsay. Yeah, he did. Philip Lindsay only 24 yards on the ground. Also, want to ask you real quick, Scotty. I know we only got like 30 seconds before we hit the top of the hour. And by the way, when we go on over after the break, it'll be fantasy sports today, where we continue our look and we dive into the NFC matchups. But Scotty, Tim Patrick. Deshaun Hamilton, Cortland Sutton. Makes sense of these Broncos receivers that are left standing for me. Yeah, Sutton seems like the big play guy, but he's just not hitting it and the thighs bothering him. Yeah. Uh, Tim Patrick's the possession guy, and uh, I think Deshaun Hamilton's really the one to own because uh, Keenum looks from an all-types situation. Flat passes, downfield, third downs. Uh, I think Hamilton's the guy right now. Especially in PPR settings. Scott and I are back after the break. We take reset the headlines and take a look at the NFC matchups after this Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Does your fantasy team suck? Maybe you need us. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The only free 24-7 Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 